Well, let's dive into the Word today. Love for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. We're continuing our series called For the One. For the One, it's all about, you know, we have ones in our lives that we're called to reach for Jesus. Um, we're, we're called to show Jesus, share Jesus wherever it is possible, wherever God opens those opportunities in our lives. And I just, I just pray that over this series, God is awakening that in our hearts and in our minds as a church. And uh, says this, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone who will praise your heavenly Father. There's a power to this that Jesus is talking about here is that He refers to the fact that we are the light of the world. I mean, Jesus is that light, but because we carry that light in us, He says, not only am I the light of the world, but you are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. And we are like a city on a hilltop. And uh, if you can imagine ancient times, most cities were built on hilltops because uh, it was defensible. They had walls that were built around them so that they could defend if they were under attack. And, but at the same time, they were also um, uh, set on a hilltop so that when the torches were burning on the city walls around the city, those out in the farmland in the countryside knew how to get to the city. They knew in the darkness, they knew because they could see the light burning. Just like when, you know, you're, you're up on a mountain at nighttime and you can see the city, you can see the lights, can't you? You know, and, and this, is, this is what Jesus is referring to is that those that are out in the, in the countryside, those that are out and, and are far from God, we need to be like a city on a hill. We need to be a city within the city that's there to uh, shine that light to those around us. How many know today that light is attractive when you're in darkness? When you're in darkness, when things are dark around you, light is attractive. Remember the other night I've been having fun with my car. It's been just going off at weird times and the alarm's been going off. Uh, you never ever had that happen? You know, in the middle of the night, it's like it's dark. You're running because you don't want to wake up the neighbours, you know, because my alarm on my car is so loud. The horn's going, rah, rah, rah. it's just crazy. And I'm like, oh, this stupid car, you know, and I run out, I'm, I'm, lights are on, I'm trying to find my keys. How many know when you need your keys, they're never able to be found? You know, it's like the last time I left them, they were here on my bag, but now they are not there. And I'm looking, you're scrummaging around, you finally find them in the light and you, you turn, the, turn the alarm off. And it's like, man, how would we even survive if we didn't have the light? How would we even be able to just operate if we didn't have the light? See, it's, the power of this and what Jesus is trying to say is that when we are in the world and we are, you are far from God, it, it, is, it is spiritual darkness. It's spiritual darkness. See, when somebody gets saved, they don't just, it's not about just going from bad to good. It, it's the fact that when we do not know God, we're actually dead spiritually in our sin. Internally, there, there's, there, we're not alive to God. And, and what Jesus has done, He has made a way you know, through that powerful gospel message of communion this morning from Joe. He sacrificed Himself, paid the price for our sin, brokenness and mess, died on the cross, rose from the dead. He created a victory so that we could come and be saved, born again out of spiritual darkness into life. 
So we're, we're, we're saved out of, out of death to life. All right, and this is what Jesus has done for us. It's why He says, I am the light of the world. Those in spiritual darkness, they're, they're, they're in darkness. There's a death spiritually on the inside. But hey, when they get filled with my light, filled with my life, and they come alive. They're made alive to God, amen. And suddenly there's a life that lives inside of us through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit that indwells in us. It is the power of God that lives in us. And this is what we are calling people to. This is why we are called to be the light of the world. Why? Because we've got to be like that city on a hill. We've got to shine the light in the darkness so that people that are in darkness can see it. They can see that light. They can be drawn to it. Whenever there's a, if I blacked out this whole building right now, say it was nighttime and someone turned on their iPhone light. How many know it was like everyone's going to that guy? I mean, we, show us the way here. We can't even move right now. It's so dark. All right, when you got, sometimes we think, man, the light that I have, maybe it's not bright enough. I gotta tell you, man, when you're in pitch black, any light matters. Any light is going to matter in being able to reach people and draw people. I mean, no, we're not drawing people to ourselves. We're drawing people to Jesus. It's drawing people to His life. I love what Peter, 1 Peter 2.9 says, says, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for He called you out of what? Out of darkness into His wonderful light. This is what happens spiritually. We're called out of the darkness, called into His wonderful light. But see, how many know that what Peter is sharing here, he was saying that, you know, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. How many know we're born again to Jesus Christ, but also to each other? There is a power of who we are and as we stand as the people of God together, how many of you might think, man, I don't know if my light's bright enough, but man, you join that light with the rest of the church, the rest of us together, oh, that light is bright. That we are together a city on a hill, a city within the city. Yes, that light shines individually. When we're at work, when we're at our gym, we're with our, with our family and people around us that we're reaching for Christ. But there is the power of what we do even now in this moment. It's one of the greatest evangelical things we do is gather is gather for the world that we live in today to know that, hey, we're still here as the church under Jesus' name, under His banner. We're still, you know, here just shining, praising His name, glorifying Him in the city we live in, amen? How many knows the power to that? And we are the city on the hill. We are called to shine that light to the world around us. One of the great ways that this light shines, and Jesus alludes to it in Matthew 5, says, they will see your good works. Peter says it again. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. It's showing the goodness of who Jesus is through our lives. The light is shone by being the difference in a world that looks at it and says, this is foreign to what I know. It is the good that we're showing through our lives. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 12, says, everyone say, do. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. It's the golden rule. 
do unto others. It's active. It's on the offense. It's not the, not the defense of, no, I, I won't do any harm to others. I won't hurt anyone else. I'm being good. I'm not being bad. It's, it, that's not what Jesus is saying. That's kind of the silver rule. It's good to do that. It's the silver rule. The golden rule is on the offense. The silver rule is what I'm not doing. The golden rule is what I'm doing. What I'm doing. What I'm actually acting to change environments around us. What we're doing to reach others and show Jesus to the world around us. See, the gospel is this. Listen to this right now. The gospel is bringing the selfless response into a self-focused world. The gospel is bringing a selfless response into a more self-focused world. So we live in a, after, you know, these, this past 60, 70 years of like, it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you. And, and, and we've got a generation raising up that they're very individualistic, all right? And it's just because of the, the, the constantness that's happened over decades and decades to be told that. But how many know we're called to be the difference to the individualistic culture? We're called to be the difference makers. We're called to think about the other. We're called to see the needs around us. We're called to see it and say, you know what? I can be a difference maker. I can be generous in this moment. I can show kindness in this moment. I can, I can do to the other as I would want them to do back to me. I can shine light in this moment right now. And we're all in positions all the time where we get to live out the gospel. We get to live it out every day of our lives and show Jesus to the world around us. And it's all in the actions of what we do. Now, I know that we can't be every answer to every problem. And God's not asking that of us. What God does ask of us is that we would be obedient to when the Holy Spirit leads us to be an answer in a moment. I can't be every answer to every problem, but I can be an answer to the ones that God's called me to be an answer for. And so, I know that the needs and the problems, the issues that we see around us, there's, there's numerous amounts. And sometimes you can look at it and think, well, that's, that's overwhelming. I don't know if I can be the one that can save Australia or can be the one that can even save the city. But it's all the small things added up that make something powerful and impactful because you do for the one as you would wanna do for the many. And when we are placed in those environments, it's like I'm here right now in this moment. I remember years ago, uh, you know, uh, as I, when I became a youth pastor here at the church, I was, you know, had a, had a small business, had things happening. And, and I remember being on a work site and, um, and I remember I was, I, was, I was working away and I was busy, man. I had to get this thing done. You know, anyone who understands when you work and you're like an hour and a half drive away, you gotta get the job done because you gotta leave on time to get back on time. And, uh, and it was one of those days. I had a lot to get done. And I remember this young guy just kept coming up to me all the time and just wanted to talk. Just wanted to talk. He's like, that's, that's great, buddy. Awesome. I'm just so busy. You're like so much stuff on. Like, that's, that's awesome. You know, he just keeps coming back every time I saw him. He's, you know, and just wanted to chat, wanted to chat. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, God, this guy wants to chat so much. He's like, well, talk to him. I'm like, but I'm so busy. He said, don't worry about that. So you get home a bit later. So this doesn't get done. Come back tomorrow. This guy needs you. And I'm like, okay. I dropped it. I'm gonna tell you right now. It was a 20-minute conversation. I began a story, began to open up his heart. 
his girlfriend dumping him and all this stuff happening and in his life and it's just a mess and he just needed someone to talk to. He had no one in his life. In 20 minutes, I led him to Jesus. I led him to Christ. I said, you need Jesus, man, in your life. Do you wanna give your life to Christ? He's like, yes, I do. I need Christ. I need Jesus. So he comes to Christ. If I'd have, if I'd have missed that moment, I'm so busy, so much going on. This guy wouldn't have found Christ in that moment. Now he lived in another place, so I encouraged him, hey, connect to a church, get into a church, get this, you know, but these moments are there all the time. They're around us all the time that we can, you know, open our heart up, open our eyes, let the Holy Spirit lead us to know this is a moment right now. You know, I remember I, I had a, I remember the first time when we first were trying to move into this building, I had built a, a, a connection with a local counsellor in, on, in Caloundra here in Division 2. And, 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 and it was just, you know, I, I remember having a coffee and sitting down with this guy and just, just talking with him. And, um, and the Holy Spirit's on me. He's like, after the, you know, an hour of just talking, getting to know and talking about the things we're trying to do here for the church. And, uh, and God said, ask him how he is with me. Ask him how how's he has his faith in God. How's it going? Hit him up. Ask him. Ask him. You remember the Holy Spirit when he's on you? It's like, God, it's the first meeting. You know, don't want to, you know, I'm trying to get something across the line here, Lord. He's like, no, 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 don't worry about that. I'll get that sorted. Ask him how he is with me because his soul matters. His soul matters. And it's like, okay, I will, Lord. He's like, hey, just want to ask, man, how's your... How's your faith in God? This dude was the deputy mayor of the Sunshine Coast. How's your faith in God? And he's like, you know, you know when you hit the spot, look down at the coffee, start looking around. You know what? Thank you for asking me that. So I've grown up in the Catholic church, haven't been going to church. These are the things that have been going on right now. I said, no, it's not where it should be. Can you talk to me about it? Why do you have a faith in God? Why do you believe in that? So open up this door, just the gospel began to flow about just this connection that happened. You know, the beauty of this is that every time I met with him, you know, he needed a pastor. He just needed a pastor. He needed someone to talk to. So I'd sit down and just talk to him about all these things, just bounce things off. He didn't, he didn't have to take it all on board, but at the end of the day, it was like an open door. And this particular man was so paramount. This is the power of God, so paramount in helping us get into this building. I mean, it was actually on, on a decision he made. And he was put in the position where God just lined it up like, you know, the planets lining up. It was just incredible. He was there in the right place, right moment, right time. I was like, I know those people. They're incredible. They're here for the city. They're here for the coast. They're here for Caloundra. To the point he was in a room with a bunch of people because things had been blocked so many times. He actually... <laughs> You know, there was, you know, in the moment, he just whacked his hand on the table. He said, this is going through. And within a day, it went through. Yeah, that's the power of God. That's God, isn't it? That's God. He actually told me that at our next coffee. I'm like, thank you for that. It's awesome. So, so good. But opportunities, they're there all the time. We don't know what they're going to lead to. We don't know what they're going to open up to, but... That's the power of working with the Holy Spirit. The second key is this, is that light is powerful. It's powerful. Jesus said this reveals, He reveals the way, the truth, the life to people. And in John 8, 12, He says, I am the light of the world. 
who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Light is powerful. I love the story out of Acts 10 when, when, when uh, uh, Peter, you know, he's ahead of the church, this fledgling move of God that's happening across, you know, Jerusalem and across Israel. It's just incredible what God's doing. And, and he's praying on top of this rooftop one day in this place called Jopa. And, uh, and, and God gives him this vision of him, you know, and, and pretty much opens up the fact that he is now called to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. He's got to take the gospel to the non-Jews, all right? Now, to a Jewish person, it's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand God. We don't, we don't mix with other people. We just mix with our own. We don't do that kind of thing. And God's like, stop trying to push back at this. I need you to go. I need you to do this. And so he accepts it. And as he accepts it, Two days before, or three days before, a man by the name of Cornelius, who was the head of the Roman-Italian regiment of an entire region, has an encounter where an angel comes to him and says, God has seen your arms to the poor, the way you've, you've, you've helped others in the community, and the Lord wants to, wants to give you a message. Send men to go to Jopa, knock on the door and find a man by the name of Peter. He will give you the message. So three days before, God aligns up this stuff, sends the men. So as Peter accepts the call to go to the Gentiles, knock, 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 knock. How many know that's the power of God? They're knocking on the door as he's saying yes, because they've been dispatched three days before. And so he comes down and says, you know, yep, I know who you are. I'm ready to go. It's like, cool. All right, so they all go together and they go to Cornelius' house and he's, he's a Roman officer. So he's got wealth, he's got a home, he's got you know, servants, he's got his whole family there. They're all waiting in this kind of living area of the house for Peter to come and share the message from God. And so can you imagine like 30, 40 people packed into this kind of eating area and they're all together and, and Peter comes in and he begins to share the gospel he shares the gospel with them. And as he's preaching the gospel, it doesn't even get to the, to the end bit. It doesn't even get to, if anyone wants to say yes to Jesus, raise your hand bit. He doesn't even get to that. He's not even halfway through the message. And the Spirit of God drops on the house. They get filled with the Spirit. They start praying in tongues. They start, you know, be, God just moving in their lives. And God just, God impacts them in the moment. He didn't even finish the message. How powerful is that? That's the power of God. Every single person that lived in that home got saved. He water baptized them all. The power of God moved so incredibly in that moment that can you imagine this family, this man getting saved, what that meant for that entire region? What that meant for everybody around them in that region and everyone he led? The power of God hit them. And I want to encourage us today, when we say yes, we're saying yes to the power of God moving. Just like in that moment when I sat with that counsellor, God said, ask him about his faith, ask him about his faith, ask him about his faith. I did not know what that would lead to. I did not know the miracle of what that would mean for the future of our church. But it just takes obedience, doesn't it? It just takes in the moment saying, yes, Lord, I will do it. And whether they accept what you have to say or they don't, even if they push back at it, they don't wanna hear it, that's okay. It's not our job to, 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 to dictate the response that they give. It's only our job and our obedience to actually present what God said to give. We just show Jesus, we share Jesus, we bring Jesus to the world around us. The way people respond is up to them before God. 
But our role in it is to be obedient, to say, God, I'm gonna say yes in those moments because that's where the power of God can meet us. That's where we can see the ones and the, and the twos in our lives impacted for Christ. You know, as, as Kate shared this morning, you know, if we, here's the key, if we hide the light, if we hide God from other people, if we hide the fact that we are a Christian from other people, guess what happens? The world loses God. Our friends around us lose the God connection. They lose what we have to offer, what we have to give. And that's why Jesus said, don't hide it under a basket. Don't, don't let your light shine. Let, be like a city on a hill. Hey, don't worry about the response, whether it's, whether it's accepting or not. Don't worry about that. Just show Jesus in that moment. Let me take care of what happens. See, what I have found in my, throughout my life is this, is that every time God has impressed upon me to, to share my faith with others, to, to ask how they're going with God, to have those moments, you know that I can, I can say this with all confidence, 85% of the time, most people have been very accepted. They've been very accepting of the fact, happy to engage in the conversation. Yes, I have had moments where they have rejected it and pushed back. I've had people swear at me. I've had all sorts of things happen, you know? And I'm like, you know what? It's not my, my job to dictate their response. It's only my job to show who Jesus is. To show who Jesus is. And whether they reject it or not, maybe they reject it today, but oh man, plenty of prayer in a year's time, they may not reject this. They may have, be in a moment where they're in their life where they need Jesus and they need His hope in their life. Hey, we don't wanna switch off the light. We don't want people around us to miss the opportunity to, to, to see Jesus for their lives. When you're in darkness and you're just trying to find your way in this life, it's amazing when that light shines. I just want us to think in this moment right now, Somebody chose to be obedient for your life. Somebody chose to push beyond their embarrassment and push beyond the awkwardness that they felt in their lives to shine the light of Jesus for your life. Thank God that they did that for you. I thank God that they did that for me and my family. I thank God for the man saw my uncle, Fred Bartolo, get saved, who then witnessed to my father and my mother who said, you need this Jesus, you need him in your life, and he led them to Christ. I thank God for that man that had the boldness to go up to, to Fred and witness to him and share that he needed Jesus. I thank God for that because our, uh, so much of our entire family and genealogy has been turned around because of one person that said, hey, you need Jesus in your life. See, we don't know the impact of what could happen, but I think it's sobering sometimes to think back and think, oh man, where would we be if that one person didn't make that decision to push past the awkwardness and take that moment to shine Jesus in that moment? And we all have those moments, don't we? We have them in our lives. When someone is in spiritual darkness, they are searching for the light of life. And we have that to offer today. You know, as the musicians and singers come today, there's a great passage in uh, Numbers 16 of the people of Israel and, uh, and the, 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 the altar of, in the tabernacle had been lit by God. If you go back to um, Leviticus 
early Leviticus, you can see that the Lord lit up the altar by the power of God. And so this flame is burning in the altar. And, uh, and there's, what happens is, is that the congregation of Israel, the people of Israel, you know, uh, there's been a plague in the people. And so what happens is, is that Moses, you know, yells out to Aaron, the priest, and says, go and grab a censer and take the coals, take the flame of the altar and run into the midst of the people. Run into the people. Take the, take the flame with you. Take it into the midst of the people so that they can be saved. And so Aaron moves so quickly, grabs the censer, grabs the coals and the flame of the, of the fire of the altar, and he runs into the midst of the people. I want you to imagine him running out. There's a plague. People are dying. Like, and he runs into the midst of the people, and right where he stands, the plague stops. Right where he stands, it ceases. All because of the obedience to say, I will take that flame and I will run into the people and save as many as we can. And this is the heartbeat of God. So much of the Old Testament is reflection spiritually of what we need to do in our lives and the way we need to show Jesus to the world around us. And we all carry that flame in us, don't we? We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Those who are Christians today, we, we carry Jesus in us. We carry His light. We carry His flame in our, our lives and we're called to bring that to the world around us. Leviticus 6.13 says this, Remember, the fire must be kept burning on the altar at all times. It must never go out. It must never go out. And that flame is there of our, our relationship with God and our prayer life and, 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 and our digging in deeper to God. But you know that light, that flame that lives inside of us, it's for those who are far from God. It's for those who are lost and broken that we are called to be amongst them and with them and around them and to, to show who Jesus is to their lives. See, today we all got those people. We've got those people even now that we know even on your mind right now, you're thinking about that relative, thinking about that friend, that family member, that, that person you work with, that neighbour you live beside. I've got those people. I got them on my heart. They're on my prayer list to pray for. And we've all got our ones. We've all got our ones in our lives. And I, I just wanna say this with those ones, there, there's gonna be some new ones that are gonna come along your way. Some new ones. They're gonna start working at your, your workplace. They're gonna, they're gonna be around you. They, they, there's gonna be new neighbours that move into your street. There's gonna be new opportunities that come. There's gonna be some new ones. And God, God wants us to be awakened in those moments to know, Lord, is this, is this one you want me to reach? Is this one you want me to show who you are to? To be aware and to be ready in the moments that are around us. That flame, it's living inside of us. That, that light of the gospel, it's living inside of us. Hey, we don't, we don't wanna like hide that under a basket. We, don't want, we, wanna, we wanna make sure, Lord, it's gonna shine to those who need it. It's gonna shine to those around us. And see, it's, it's, not, just, it's not just saying, I'm, you know, oh, you've gotta be the next Billy Graham or you know, the, you know, the next great preacher or whatever it may be. No, it's, it's just saying, Lord, I'm gonna be a witness to the people in my life. Evangelism is not meant to be difficult. It's just showing Jesus. That's all it is. And our world needs Jesus more than ever right now. It's in darkness, brokenness, there's, there's confusion. 
in our world? And Jesus has the answer. He's the way, He's the truth, He's the light, and He lives in us. And we're called to carry that to the world around us, to be like Aaron, to be like the priests. It's how I got that flame. I wanna go into the midst of the people and I wanna shine that light, that, 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 that flame of what brings us to life on the inside. There's so many people dead in their sin. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. You know, my heart for us as a church across our two locations here in Caloundra and Innisfail is that we would be awakened to the ones in our lives. We would be awakened inside of us to say, God, how do you wanna, how do you wanna shine your light through me? How do you wanna show yourself through me today? How do you wanna do that, Jesus? And when we, can you imagine can you imagine when we are all switched onto this? Can you imagine what, can, what God can do with that? Even if it's the small things, small things always add up to something massive. Amen.